Okay, so here we are again. We are ready to really get into some super, absolutely neat things. You will be excited. Before I really get into the questions and answers, I like to just share things that God has put on my heart. <clears throat> we have um, interesting scripture uh, that I want to share with you, uh, Ezekiel 10.8. Ezekiel 10.8. And um, <laughs> you probably never ever heard a sermon on this before, but at least, you know, I've never heard one. But uh, it's, it's interesting. And it says, And there appeared in the cherubim, there appeared in the cherubims the form of a man's hand under their wings. And when I looked... Behold, the four wheels by the cherubim, one wheel by one cherubim, and another wheel by another cherubim, and the appearance of the wheels was as the color of beryl stone. As for their appearances, they four had the likeness as if the, a wheel had been in the midst of a wheel. Wow, pretty interesting. I was sitting out on the porch the other day. It's a beautiful day out. And there were birds flying around. And uh, I, you know, was watching them as they would fly and that they would uh, come in and land. And I thought, wow, that's really a neat thing uh, to be able to fly like that. And then this thought came into my mind. Well, yeah, that's, that's neat. But would you want to trade off a pair of wings for your two arms and hands? And I thought about it a little bit, and I thought how difficult it would be to do so many, many things to not have an arm, arms and hands, and how that humans, uh, they have arms and hands, and uh, uh, because of that, it makes them able to do all kinds of things. But, you know, a, a blackbird or a dove uh, or an eagle, uh, <clears throat> they've got their, their beak, and they've got their their legs, uh, their claws, their uh, wings, but they don't have hands. And so, you know, there's a limit of how far they're ever going to be able to go. Whereas man, because of having hands, he can build aircraft to fly in. And uh, it's interesting. Well, in this scripture, 10.8, uh, is so interesting because here it talks about, uh, you know, the angel cherubim. Uh, the, in this particular case, uh, the original uh, uh, plan here was that if there was a new creation out there, and it wasn't the creation that was uh, involved with the, the uh, failed messengers, the fallen angels, but it was the new creation that was being risen, uh, that was being, you know, uh, risen up to become possibly new souls, uh, then it would have been the, it would have said Ophanim instead of Cherubim. But the Cherubim are... Um, they're filling in as guardians, and uh, but the, the 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 interesting thing I want to share with you is this thing about the hands and the wings, and uh, you know this duality, uh, son of God, son of man, spiritual body, physical body. Um, <clears throat> there's a difference, you know, of uh, discernment uh, of the physical mind and spiritual discernment or discerning of the spirits. So these things are all very, very 
uh, important. I, I think there's a great revelation in there in this things of the hands and wings that God has shown us, you know, you can ha you can main maintain or you can uh, 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 process or you can possess uh, the, the, the mortal, the physical, the human aspect uh, of the hands. Uh, there is even a ministry in that. Uh, but at the same time, that does not limit you from having wings, which is the spiritual aspect. And wonderful things can happen, like it mentions in Revelations 4.2, and immediately I was in the Spirit. When he says immediately I was in the Spirit, that also tells us that before that immediate happened, he was not in the Spirit. So we can see that there is a time to be in the Spirit, and there's a time that you are just not in the Spirit. And and uh, But the, the instantaneous aspect of it, the spontaneous aspect of it, is just very much like that. There is just, bam, suddenly, uh, the, the moment when you are in the Spirit. Uh, we've been, you know, recently talking about uh, the experiences of... Um, of the deliverum recall and and how that uh, just there can be an instant uh instantaneous occasion in which a person just is suddenly brought into the spirit and by that experience of being brought into the spirit they are able they are capable of uh you know going forward and ha having a total uh uh, differentiation of, of 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 the duality experiences, the hands experience, which is the physical, and the wings experience, which is representing, in this case, the, the spiritual, and, and to be able to have full capability, to to at 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 any time be able to move. Uh, from one dimension uh, to another dimension, from the from the physical dimension to the spiritual dimension, uh, what an incredibly beautiful thing, and 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 that I guess is what I'm sort of wanting to put your mind into. Uh, <clears throat> in Ephesians 4:23, it talks about people being renewed in the spirit of your mind. Uh, there is a spirit to this thing about. Uh, certain aspects of a person's mind. There is a spiritual mind because there is a spiritual body and a physical body. So in that spiritual body that is within you, uh, there is a spiritual mind. And and uh, w there's the, the case of needing to be renewed in your understanding of that availability of having wings underneath, uh, uh, having wings, but underneath your wings having, having hands. So, uh, you know, that is just a, a beautiful, uh, beautiful thing. And it's just something that we have to really think about. Uh, going, along with, going along with that in 1 Corinthians 14, 14 through 15, uh, it says, Pray and sing in the Spirit, but also with the understanding. Uh, wow. God wants us to be able to to have an understanding of physical things and an understanding of spiritual things. He wants us also to understand that the the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. Second Corinthians three six. People think that sometimes that they found the answer to everything when they get into the Word and when they try to take every little letter or every a little decimal point uh, called a period and 
and uh, they they try to make something uh, spiritual out of it. But uh, you have to be very careful because the the letter can kill. It's the spirit that gives life that makes the difference of of a letter having life or a letter being dead. Uh, you know, there is the scripture that is a really very in, important one. Uh, you know, and it says uh, there is both a you know a spirit of truth and a spirit of air, and the Bible talks about that in First John four six about the spirit of air, and I think that you know that is a real problem that is out there in uh, the world right now where there is a spirit of air uh, that is uh, in the religious realm. Uh, there's a lot of people out there teaching things. Uh, they are not bad people. They are not intending to be teaching something that is not correct, but they are operating out of a spirit of error, and it is something that does happen, and that is in the Bible, First John 4, 6. So, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> Paul took it even further, and he said some of the children of God are bewitched, having uh, become deceived by their spirit of error. And he then proceeded to teach others. Uh, he says, and then they, they, they proceed, those people that have the spirit of error, they proceed to teach others those errors. That was in Galatians 3.1. He even went so far as to call those people foolish uh, because they have the, the, the knowledge, you know, uh, of, of the beginning as spirit, uh, but have leaned on their own flesh, and and they have lost hold of uh, you know what the most beautiful, powerful aspect of of that is, you know. Okay, now uh, there's you know something very interesting, and it it, it does get into some of the questions. Uh, it's about um, you know a co-owning. And um, there's a couple scriptures that uh, make a good reference to it. Uh, in uh, Mark 5, uh, we can look there first. Uh, that's uh, pretty interesting. And <clears throat> it's also basically the same scripture in Luke. I think we'll just double check and read both of them. But it's interesting when there's always more, more than one scripture because that sort of gives a validation. Mark 5, 9 uh, says this, and always night and day he was in the mountains and the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. And um, so then uh, Jesus is uh, is uh, speaking to this uh, person who has uh, this condition. And uh, uh, while he comes to address his uh, deliverance, uh, it becomes clear that this man is demon-possessed. And, and the, the spirit cries with a loud voice in verse 7 and says, What have I to do with you, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Uh, and then he said, in, and, and Jesus said unto that person, uh, and to that voice, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked you know, what is thy name? Now, now, sometimes uh, when you first have a request and you ask uh, something to happen, uh, it may not happen right away. 
And it may happen differently than what you ask. And, and this even happened with Jesus. One time uh, he prayed for someone that was blind. And uh, and then when he asked the man how he was doing, the blind man said, well, I, I see people as trees walking. So he realized that that wasn't, uh, you know, a perfect restoration of vision. So he prayed for him the second time, and then he was healed. In this case, you know, he said, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. Uh, obviously, something did not immediately happen. So then he, he, he thought, well, okay, uh, I have to delve into this a little deeper. And he asked, he says, what is your name? And he wanted to know his name because of the fact that the the uh, this demon had not had had resisted, and uh, for just a a single demon or with a group of three or four demons to resist a powerful order that Jesus gave, uh, there was something really really different and really out of the ordinary. Uh, so he asked, and he says, well, "What is your name?" And he answered, and he says, "My name is Legion, for we are many." Now this is uh, a real proof, because no doubt this particular person wa was a uh, was expecting Christ to come along, and it was like a not just a regular demon possession; uh, it was it was a satanic possession, and uh, Satan is co-owned, and co-own means um, you know many spirits being able to abide in one space. And and they are totally uh, connected in such a way they have one mind, and uh, and uh, they uh, possess the same space. They operate operate in this one mind, and and Satan, uh, you know, uh, had uh, had uh, that power to have that capability because he, uh, as Lucifer, was uh, once a archangel. And archangels have the ability to, to uh, be able to co-oon. In fact, uh, it is a necessary thing. Uh, an archangel, you know, never retires because they don't get old. They don't get tired. And uh, so there would never be an opportunity for any of the other angels as they advance to ever be work their way up and become an, an archangel. Uh, but how they can become an archangel is to co-oon with the archangel. Once they reach the capability of being equal in their advance to being an archangel, then they have the opportunity uh, to to co-oon with the archangel, and then they become like, uh, you know, their spirit and that archangel just become like one spirit, although they are actually two. But they are so absolutely in the perfect image uh, of of the uh, first archangel that uh, they are what is called co-owned and they possess the same space, the same mind. It is possible when you're in a co-own for certain events to come out of that co-owning like Jesus came out of the Father and then he took a super individual uh, body to come to the the earth to do a physical work. Uh, so the thing here is very interesting. When Jesus said, "What what is your name?" You know, you want to know what's going on here. There's, there had been a camouflage here, and uh, Satan had hid the fact that that it was actually 
that he was actually the one in that body. And, and then when he said, what is your name? And the way that he meant his question, Satan understood his question, and he was obligated by the Spirit of God to answer. And he said, well, my name is Legion because we are many. And, and so, you know, a legion can be like 10,000 or more persons. So he was saying, you know, it's not just one spirit here you're dealing with. You're dealing with, you know, thousands and, and thousands of spirits because we are co-owned. So it was a much, much tougher thing. And Jesus had to, uh, you know, uh, bear down to uh, get get uh, that particular situation with uh, uh, Satan uh, overcome. Uh, and we see that um, when he was, he had to actually make a, a deal uh, with them, uh, you know, uh, that he said, you know, because he said, you know, I don't want to be sent sent away from this from the country. Uh, so there was a, a bunch of uh, a herd of swine that were feeding, and um, and so the devils, those that were all co-owned in the legion, uh, were all in one accord uh, to be sent into the swine. And so we see that this what was supposed to just be like one demon but was actually legions, that when they went out, they went into that whole herd of swines because it just wasn't one spirit going into one swine, but it was many, many uh, demons going out, uh, uh, you know, and, and being able to possess all of those uh, those swine. So and there's more to that story, but that, that is very interesting. Well, since we've opened up the subject of co-owning, uh, I I would like to um, to get into the subject of this a little deeper because there are d several people that have asked a question about co-owning and about Satan uh, and things along that line. Now um, um, there is uh, in um, in Isaiah 14 uh, there is a scripture that is uh, very interesting, and uh, we're going to just touch on that before we get into Ezekiel, go back to Ezekiel. But uh, it talks about Lucifer. And the name Lucifer means son of the morning. And uh, and a lot of people have a real problem with that name. And they claim that, well, that is not the, the name of Satan. Or they claim that there's even some people that claim, well, you know, the the the, the morning star is, is, is Satan. Uh, that's actually Lucifer. And and so there's some people that even claim that that Jesus Christ is is actually Lucifer because his name is is uh, Son of the Morning, and that was the name of Lucifer. So therefore, uh, you know Jesus Christ because his name is you know uh, Son of the Morning, uh, Morning Star. He he must be Lucifer, and and so there's a lot of people teaching in the spirit of air and causing a lot of people to be confused and, and not know what the fact or the truth is. But uh, in, in the um, uh, uh, 14th chapter, you know, of, um, <clears throat> and starting with the 12th verse, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Uh, we see Lucifer, and then he repeats his name, son of the morning. Uh, uh, how art thou cut down... Uh, to the earth, which did uh, weaken, uh, you know, uh, the nation, and for thou hast said in thine, thou hast said in thine heart, 
I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Now, we, we found out from uh, the 38th chapter of Job and from other scriptures in the Bible, of which we've mentioned many of them, that stars are, the, are also the metaphor, the symbol uh, of, of, uh, of angels. And they can even represent humans, uh, as they did uh, in the Old Testament uh, when, uh, uh, you know, there was the dream that Jacob had, uh, Joseph had, about uh, uh, the, the stars, which were brothers and father and mother, and that they were, they were paying uh, respect to him and bowing before him. And, of course, his brothers had quite a problem with that dream. But so in this... Um, 14th chapter, uh, he says, I'll, I will ascend into heavens. I will exalt my throne above the stars. I will sit also on the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. We shared with you that that, that is actually talking about Mount Hermon, and, and, uh, which connects to Mount Zion. And we've given you a scripture in the past that Mount Zion, S-I-O-N, is also spelled Z-I-O-N. And that the Bible clearly says that Hermon is Mount Zion. We also know that it symbolically represents, uh, you know, spiritual Jerusalem, and it represents, you know, the the Father's house. Uh, so let's go on because we've covered some of those things. Fourteenth verse of the fourteenth chapter: I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Uh, see, Satan, Lucifer wasn't wanting to become evil. He was wanting to be more like God, but he was doing the right things the wrong way. And there are rules and regulations for the angels that, that God has laid down for them to follow to keep them from going astray, just as what was happening here to Lucifer. And, and um, so uh, it, it talks about in the 17th verse, uh, you know, he's the person that, that uh, made the, the the world as a wilderness. Uh, he's he's uh, he's caused a lot of problems. Someone might say, "Well, um, you know, I, uh, I don't think there's ever been any time that the whole world, the whole earth, has been a wilderness." You know, how could that be? Well, if if you understood that uh, Lucifer is involved in uh, intercepting the signals from the the creators that were with Jesus when they were spiriting the creation and then sending the signals to the uh, different groups of angels uh of the Ophanim, some of which which were um you know were, were uh those that that were praying for uh the creative powers and and others that that were you know doing accounting and all kinds of other things that all was part of the spiritual job um, that that um, he intercepted those signals and then he changed some of those signals and eventually because the genetic uh, thing was changed uh, we ended up with uh, you know uh, hundreds of thousands of years of, of dinosaurs upon the earth um, someone who might say, well, you know, well, couldn't the, those spiritual angels uh, that were spiriting creation on earth have recognized that? 
Well, there's very advanced ways of, of putting uh, capsules into the DNA so that uh, when it, it first uh, produces, uh, it will come out a certain way. Like if there was a certain plan, it could come out in that plan. But, but then eventually the capsule uh, uh, is activated according to, to the plan uh, that was put in effect in the DNA by the Creator. And, and then these new kind of changes begin to latitude. And uh, so then later we had, had these, uh, these, these giant dinosaurs. And, and they were so powerful and they were so prosperous that they were just taking over the whole world and there was nothing that, you know, that really could uh, defeat them. They were, just, they, were, they were just possessing the earth. And of course, the, they, were, they were the symbol of, of, of dragons. And a dragon was the symbol of, of Drago, uh, which was the constellation in heaven that was the favorite constellation of, of Lucifer. And, uh, and that's why he is called the dragon. And so, so what had to happen then is, is uh, God, uh, through the angels, decided to end the dinosaur period. And, and uh, uh, there was like comet or asteroid uh, that came and hit the earth. And, uh, and that basically destroyed and so it affected the whole world. The whole world, for a period of time, was like turned into a wilderness, and and uh, it was it had to be in a colossal effect like that in order to affect the whole world. It wasn't just you know uh, some national area that was uh, made a wilderness, or some part of the world that was made a wilderness. The Bible says you know he turned the whole world into a wilderness. Well, he was the causation. He was the cause of it, of it, of of this asteroid having to come, and for this asteroid to happen, uh, because it was it had to be done according to the the uh, plan of of the redemptive angels uh, uh, that that uh, had you know uh, obedience and that were given obedience into the Lord uh, to to bring about the destruction of those those uh, dinosaurs so that there could come forth, you know, the, the, the plan of salvation, the plan of creation, and the plan of human beings in, in the fullest extent. So there we go. That, that, that's all very interesting. And uh, we see that uh, <clears throat> there's a lot going on there. Now turn to uh, chapter 28 of Ezekiel. Chapter 28 of Ezekiel. Now, chapter 28 of Ezekiel is very interesting. It starts with uh, verse 1. The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, <clears throat> Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, Thus saith the Lord God, because thou, thine heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am a God. I sit in the seat of God in the midst of the seas. Yet thou art a man, and not God, though thou hast set thy heart as a heart of God. Behold, now, we begin to, however, get some information on this fellow. Here's a profile that is given about this person who, who is called the Prince of Tyrus. Behold, thou art wiser than Daniel. There is no secret that they can hide from you. With your wisdom and with your understanding, thou hast gotten thee riches and hast gotten gold and silver into thy treasure. 
By thy great wisdom and thy traffic, thou hast increased thy riches, and thy heart is lifted up because of the riches. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, thou hast set in, uh, set thine heart as the heart of God. Now, a, a, a human person, even though he might be a king or a prince, would not have the knowledge to set their heart as the heart of God. That 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 comes from a knowledge of of ancientness, and um, uh, a, a regular human person uh, would not have the kind of uh, wisdom wiser than Daniel that is being described here. Um, uh, this this is is uh, you know uh, applicable uh, to to someone else, uh, and we're we're going to we're going to see that. In just a little bit in verse 14 it tells who this Tyrus really is thou art the anointed cherub cherub is is the singular for cherubim which is plural so he says okay you are a cherubim well Lucifer was a cherubim angel and and that covereth is we'll get into that that's very important so um, it's very clear that that this this son of Tyrus this this uh, prince of Tyrus is the same as the cherubim who's had all these experiences, and we'll read more about that. Now, why was the, t the term uh, Tyrus used? Tyrus or Tyre, they're, they're names that, that go together and they, they mean the same thing. And this, this is really, really important. Um, the, um, the name Tyre, means a rock and that's very very important and um, un uh, unfortunately uh, uh, quite a few of the additions of Strong's Concordance have made an error on their reference number uh, and they've, they've got it 6665 but actually it is 6865 if you want to write that down the Strong's Dictionary reference number to uh, the word um, Tyre, uh, uh, which is Tyrus, T-Y-R-U-S, or T-Y-R-E, uh, is 6865, okay? Now, what is important about that is this duality. The duality in a different sense than, than a... a, a a single personification duality of a single person. Um, in Deuteronomy 32.31, in 32.31, it says there that 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 uh, God is that, um, uh, no, it says in there, for their rock is not our rock. So we see that there are two kinds of rock we see that there is the rock of ages, uh, God, uh, the king of salvation, who is the rock, and that's all through the Old Testament, the rock. But we also see that as well that there is another rock. And this other rock is, of course, the rock that is speaking about for, for, for Satan, for Lucifer. And, and, uh, and we have the scripture right there, Deuteronomy 32, 31. So now... When we take that further, we, when we take that into the, the title of the, 
of the uh, you know uh, of the morning star or the or the son of the morning, which is the name of, of Lucifer and also the name of Yahweh, uh, we we begin to see that Lucifer has the same name as Yahweh or Yahweh as he's called by some people. Uh, <clears throat> he's called, you know, um, the Rock, and Jesus Christ is called the Rock. Um, he's called Son of the Morning. Uh, Jesus Christ is called Son of the Morning. Now, someone would say, well. Uh, I, I think because you're both called son in the morning, there must be one the same person. Well, you would be like one, uh, say, a, a lady who was married to a George, and then she ran into another George, and she and he says, you know, my name is George. Well, your name is George. Well, then you must also be my husband because that's the name name of of my husband. Uh, it doesn't work that way. Uh, there can be many. Georges, and and by the same token, uh, how this this came about is when Lucifer was made the covering angel, as it tells us, and he was put over the Ophanims, while the hundred and forty-four thousand and and Yaviel were in the creation, they were spiriting the creation. Then he he was set in there as as a uh, arch archangel, which he was a co archangel. And and he was sitting in there in the seat of 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 Yaviel. The seat of Yaviel was, you know, the sun of the morning, so a bright morning star. And so he was sitting in that seat. So for that time, he took on that name. So he became the sun of the morning, and and that ended up enhancing uh, the uh, the name, just like how a Abraham and Abram, uh, they're the same persons. Uh, you know, uh, Lucifer had his name added on to, and it made it to become, you know, son of the morning. So he was the rock, and he was the son of the morning. Uh, but he was in in opposite stance to to Jesus Christ Yahweh, uh, who was also the rock and the son of the morning. And so now you understand that a little bit. Okay, now let's go on on with this in the twenty eighth chapter of Ezekiel. You know, okay. <clears throat> Let's uh, let's start uh, down at verse 12. Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom <clears throat> and perfect in beauty. Now, I want you to know uh, that cannot apply to any human being. Uh, you know, uh, thou sealest up the, up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. That was definitely referring to Lucifer. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Now this is very important that you, that you, that you really uh, comprehend uh, what I'm going to say here and read. Every precious stone was thy covering. Now some people say, well, he must have wore some kind of a coat or a shirt and he had it decorated with all these stones. And it was uh, the sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, uh, the jasper, the sapphire, emerald, the carbuncle, and gold. And that's ten stones, different kinds of stones. But the fact of it is, 
this wasn't a decorative thing it's talking about. It wasn't a coat that stones were were put on for decoration. It said, every precious stone was thy covering. Thy covering. Now here we get into the koin, that these stones were 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 lively stones. They weren't just, you know, any any kind of stone. They they represented uh, you know, something much uh deeper than that. They they represented uh you know, lively stones. And uh we have all kinds of scriptures. Uh, you know, first Peter two five talks about lively stones. Um we have um Habakkuk two eleven talks about a, a stone shall uh, come out of timber and uh so there's there's all kinds of other you know where Jesus called Peter made him his name to be a stone sila so like Matthew 3:9 and uh and Luke 3:8 and Luke 19:18 uh you know Jesus said you know if you these people didn't hear this word the stones would cry out and so you check all those scriptures uh, again, I'll give them to you. First uh, Peter two five, lively stones. Habakkuk two eleven, stone crying out of timber, and stones crying out. Matthew three nine, Luke three eight, and Luke nineteen forty. And those are certainly some uh, interesting scriptures that uh, <clears throat> go along with this whole revelation that I'm giving you. So these stones were were times that uh, that that um, Lucifer was co-owned. Each stone represented uh, a um, a status status s t a t u s status order, and each order uh, represented like at least a thousand co-owned entities or angels. So we begin to see how incredible it was. And we say nine because uh, number 10, gold, was, was the original uh, covering of, 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 uh, of Lucifer. It was his original uh, self-status, uh, which uh, made him to be uh, an angel of great beauty and light. And uh, so uh, then all these other nine stones were, were coverings of all of these uh, uh, other uh, persons who had reached a point over incredible ancientness of time, eons and eons and eternities, uh, had reached an advance where they became worthy to become a an archangel, and then they co-owned with with uh, with with Lucifer, and uh, so you know he has as that word I described to you. Uh, my name is legions, <laughs> you know, it's thousands and thousands of these uh, co-owned uh, entities, which are not just a regular angel. They are angels that have advanced and they've reached the level of of mind and of spirit uh, that they are equal to to a, a, a archangel. So their 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 presence of mind, their capabilities would be very powerful, and he would have all of those you know, archangels uh, uh, empowering him. And so you can see why at first there was resistance when Jesus ordered that uh, the demon come out. And then when it didn't come out, then he said, uh, okay, what is your name? 
know, let's see what the cause of this is, you know, because he, he said, you know, this kind, this kind uh, uh, the kind that the disciples couldn't get cast out, he said they don't come out except by prayer and fasting. Jesus had done his, his prayer and his fasting, but still there was resistance. So then when he found out what he was dealing with, uh, you know, uh, he gave in one scripture, he says, do you not know that I could call on legions of angels? And and we don't know what exactly happened there. If he he may have called on legions of angels, we don't know uh, what happened there. But we know that he, he he ended up being successful, and that they had to then come out, even though they were legions. Even they were a legion, you know, they they, they had to come out, and so they were. They are covering angels. They become actually, you know, a part of his personification, a part uh, of his profile. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, there, there's the, there are each uh, nine, uh, uh, status, the, the, uh, uh, Sardian, uh, uh, let's start that over, the Sardius, uh, status, the topaz status, the diamond status, the beryl status, the onyx status, the jasper status, the sapphire status, the emerald status, the carbuncle status, and then his original status, the gold. Now these, these numbers are very important because if you remember in Book of Revelation there are ten horns. So horns represent powers. So these ten powers represent these ten groups of co-owned angels, which is very powerful. And and, uh, and so that that is also very powerful, uh, very uh, awesome to know. Now, um, what Satan has done in, in creating uh, uh, his uh, number 10, he's also enhanced it so that out of, uh, out of the nine statuses, he has chosen seven of those covering angels to represent uh, one of the um, uh, of the plural spirits of God, uh, of the which are the seven spirits of God uh, that that the Bible speaks of in Revelations, uh, which are the council and the and the, the commission, and so he uh, he he represented he created seven other spirits to re, to replace. Uh, that corporate body uh, on his side, each one of those people being witnesses, uh, collective uh, witnesses in the plural operating out of a singular spokesman uh, that that uh, uh, certain things had been set down uh, by the, the council, uh, you know, of the, of the seven, and that uh, they believe uh, were changed to benefit Yaviel. Uh, and then there's the satanic trinity. So you have the father, the son, and you you have you know the the uh, the false prophet, uh, and and uh, uh, the false prophet instead of the Holy Spirit, uh, because he's operating in that particular spirit realm. And now you see what it really means when it's talking about the beast with the with the ten horns. And 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 uh, you know, and the seven and the three, how that that all brings about uh, the fulfillment of this story, going all the way back to the book of uh, of uh, you know Isaiah and and Ezekiel. And let's look at uh, twenty-eight uh, Ezekiel verse fourteen. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, 
and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain. Now he's talking again about the holy mountain uh, of, uh, of um, you know, Hermon, which is Zion, and you have walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. He's walked up and down in these these co-unings that he had. He's, he's had them all with their minds joined to him uh, to make decisions. That's why he's wiser than Solomon, or than Daniel, rather. And, and, and he has the sum of knowledge, because you're talking about ages and ages and ages and, uh, that this co-union has been going on, and, and you know, he's clothed in, in those minds. Uh, and it says, um, he's walked up and down among those stones of fire. And that was perfect. Now, there are different interpretations of this stones of fire, and it depends whether you're in the 30-fold, the 60-fold, or the 100-fold. We're giving you like a 100-fold revelation of that in today's teaching. Thou, in verse 15, thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou were created till iniquity was found in you or in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise, uh, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore I cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, out of Zion, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Now here's a prophecy. It hasn't happened yet. But in the manifest teaching, it tells about the the time when all the, you know, the white throne judgment is set up, and after Lucifer has lost the third and angel war, uh, that he stands before uh, the the seven uh, judges, uh, uh, you know, and um, these are the seven spirits of God. Uh, this is the great white throne council, and uh, and he is judged and found guilty, and then when that happens. He turns and begins to walk away, and all the uh, co-owned angels that had been in him begin to disperse and come out of him. And and the fulfillment of that is, uh, the prophecy of that is right here in this scripture. You see, it says in verse 15, Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day thou was created till iniquity was found in, to, in you. Um, it says, um, by the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence. Thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God and will destroy thee, O covering cherub from the midst of the stones of fire. He's going to separate them uh, from the, the stones of fire, which are the, are the covering stones. These are the, the, the angels that he co-owns with. That's, he's, they're going to be separated and, and that is exactly what the Holy Manifest tells. Now, I want to thank God for, for the word of the Holy Manifest. And, and, and it's so sad that the world is fi filled with people who are, have the spirit of error. And they're teaching uh, incorrect things. They're, they're in error about the things that they're teaching. And they've got it all mixed up. They've got, you know, uh, uh, they're being, uh, you know, too... Uh, you know they've they've got a confusion between who is really the the morning star, and they're saying, "Oh, that can't be, that can't be Yahweh. It can't be Yahweh because that is also shown to be Satan. So that's name Lucifer must not either be a correct name or or the whole thing is incorrect. They've got a lot of people mixed up, and it's very very sad. And uh, so it goes on. Uh, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. 
Uh, we know and we have we have Bible here that Lucifer was an absolutely beautiful and, and the man, the Holy Manifest says he was like at the time just the most beautiful angel uh, in heaven and and he he was he had the capability he could turn himself at any time into an angel of light well eventually of course toward the very end uh, after the uh, uh, into the third war and after he loses that ability to turn himself into an angel of light and he loses the co-owned angels that were his covering <clears throat> so it's it's quite the story uh, that it gi gives here. Um, but at one point in verse 19 says, And they that know thee among the people shall be astonished. Thou shalt be a terror, and never shalt thou be any more. It, it comes to an end. That's the story, ladies and gentlemen, on uh, Kounin. And uh, you've had the uh, incredible uh, opportunity to hear this teaching, uh, which, uh, you know, there's very few people know this truth and and it's full of uh, many scriptures there's even more scriptures uh but we you know we can't do a whole book here on this uh little time of teaching that we have <clears throat> i've i've been saying i'm going to read things from the from the uh peace bible uh, this is the um the new book that's presently going to be coming out uh which is the book of revelations of the peace bible of uh, chapter 4 verse 1 after this as the uh, as the eyes of my mind searched a door of insight opened to me uh, concerning spiritual things the first level of insight was the voice as a trumpet calling my mind to the attention of my total total focus I was drawn to think like I had never thought before and to reach to a higher than common earth kind of thinking I began to understand the orders of things and conditions that will occur and other things and conditions that will follow them. MIV uh, 4.2 Immediately my mind and spirit were quickened and I saw a high throne and a glorious person, powerful and wise, sitting upon it. The KJV for that is, that, and immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one set on the throne. And then this moves it into a little deeper level. And immediately I entered a subaddition into spiritual consciousness by exchanging my mental position from a physical connection to a spiritual connection. The throne angels appeared to me, and an and, and ultra personification appeared to me in the power of M's throneship. The KJV says, and he set he that set was to look upon like a jasper and sardine stone. Now here you have verification that uh, people have that covering. Like uh, here, here we see he that set looked uh, was to look upon like a jasper or a sardine stone. So <clears throat> let's read this uh, MIV. And I was astonished that the throne and this Christ person became as one manifestation of beautiful jewel stones of all sorts. Of course, it's really talking about the Kounings that he has. <coughs> and there was an aura like unto a rainbow, uh, the color of emerald that uh, encircled the spectacular. 
of this spectacle. And I saw Christ sitting upon a beautiful throne, which finished was likened to a polished jasper stone and polished sardine stone. Furthermore, I saw a rainbow encircling the throne, its color shining as emerald. And this is uh, uh, verse uh, 4, 3-1 uh, uh, in uh, the book of Revelations. And it's uh, level 1, 30-fold. And I saw the spirit world and its pictures of glorious frame. For this frame of which I speak was not like earthly fire. There were thrones many, as many flames, yet they were flamed out of the throne of one flame. This flame sparkled like diamonds and shone like no shining my eyes had ever seen before. I saw the sacred pearl of flame, and the ones mine who set, and oh, we're getting into level two here. And I saw the sacred pearl of, of flame, and the ones mine who set uh, filled all the house called glory. Uh, that one's transition of roaring flame uh, rippled beautiful songs that sung healing so powerful that just the hearing of them was was instant divine health. And I saw perfect rest. Its silence could wake the dead. Were there any dead to wake? Its rest was so full of excitements um, and uh, excitations uh, that thrilling overtures of quickenings followed quickenings and transformations followed transformations. These changing uh, were uh, experiences were full of lapping flames of joy, inexplicable and full of glories. The throne of fullness was located nowhere yet was everywhere. The energy of this place was not like a place, uh, was dimensions of love so beautiful that it caused tears of joy to become crystal prisms from one endlessness of the first domain to another and another in perpetuities of endlessness forever without end. And now we go to 4.4 uh, in my V. Around this throne was an appearance of 24 seats upon which were sitting 24 elders. Although these 24 seats were not of the glory magnitude of the high throne, I saw that they were nevertheless thrones, for each elder wore a pure crown of kingship. 4-4. Four, four. And, about, and about a circle of, of circuits of the throne, angels of the commissionership added 24 seats upon which sat 24 elders who represented an Alpha 12 and an Omega 12 dispensation. These elders were clothed in white raiment of regeneration, and they wore on their heads crowns that represented their success of spirit-soul ministry. And out of the throne flashed glories that moved with light and energies as if it were lightning. And I also heard a noise as of a great thundering, which at first I could not interpret until I saw seven bright and burning lamps, uh, which then I knew represented the seven plural spirits of God uh, that were the seven universal groups, uh, in parentheses, churches, that overcame the trials of their universes. Uh, four or five. And out of the commissionership uh, proceeded revelations and manifestations of emphatic exclamations, and seven thoughts of energy came forth from them, for they are the seven spirits of God. Wow. So there's just quite a bit more I can read here, but I have to really keep things going because 
I see how fast that uh, time is moving on, and we have a long ways to go. So we'll just uh, we'll just uh, we'll just move on here into into s some of these other things. Uh, I want I want to share with you uh, some interesting things about um, uh, you know the 144,000. Uh, I, I want to I want to share the you know the 144,000 thing. I want to share the two bosoms. Uh, we did the co-uning. And then I want to talk a little bit, um, you know, uh, about uh, some of the things that uh, that are a result of those explanations, things that are happening in the, um, uh, you know, in, in, in the bosom experiences. Um, <clears throat> I think I revealed for the first time uh, that there are two bosoms. Uh, there is the, the 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 bosom of the Father, and that is in Saint John, chapter one, verse eighteen, and uh, it's um, you know very very important to understand the message of this. Uh, then there is the Abrahamic bosom, which is spoken about in Luke sixteen, twenty through twenty two through twenty three. Luke sixteen twenty two through twenty three. Now in the Abraham's bosom, they call people that are that are uh, in the the waiting that are in this sort of a twilight uh, zone. Uh, they they call they call it the sleep, and uh, and that is that is interesting. Um, in the uh, father's bosom, they call it the swoo. And so there is a difference of of uh, you know those people that are in the bosom of the father and those people that are in the bosom of Abraham. Uh, when the Jesus was on earth in his physical body, and he was talking to the scribes and the Pharisees about Abraham, and he was saying, you know, if you if you follow my instructions and my word, you'll be able to live forever. And they retorted, "Well, our father Abraham uh, and and Isaac and Jacob, they they didn't live forever. They're dead. So how do you possibly think that you could live forever?" And and he said, uh, <clears throat> "Before Abraham, I am." And that was uh, is uh, given the quote in John eight fifty one, and. Um, uh, that that is actually quite beautiful. Maybe we should read that. Uh, so let me just turn there to the Gospel of John, and let's look at uh, chapter eight, uh, beginning with uh, verse fifty-one. Eight, verse fifty-one. That's a long, long chapter. Okay, here's what it says: Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast the devil. Abraham is dead of the prophets. And thou saith, If a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead. Whom, thou, whom makest thou thyself? And Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me, of whom you said that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, 
I should be a liar unto you. But I know him and keep his sayings. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. So this revelation of the father Abraham seeing his, his day was about the revelation of Melchizedek. And uh, Melchizedek does not fit into the, uh, the thing of the Abrahamic uh, covenant, which has to do uh, with the, also the Abraham, Abraham's bosom. Because um, um, from the genealogies from Abraham forward, uh, Melchizedek is not any, does not belong to that. And so that's why he is without father, without mother, without relatives, progeny, because uh, he, he is not from that. He actually is from the father's house, and he belongs to the whole revelation uh, that Jesus was speaking out of, that he says, before Abraham, I am. And, he, and he's saying, look, uh, th this is the important revelation of the Tetragrammaton. Before Abraham, I am, because you've got, I am the father and, and I am the son. And those are the two uh, I am's that when uh, Yahweh was speaking to Moses, he said, go and tell the Pharaoh that I am and I am. Now, in a lot of the uh, translations, they've got uh, I am uh, who I am or I am what I am, uh, all kinds of others besides that. But um, the manifest uh, interpretation, uh, which is, is certainly beautiful, uh, is I am and I am. And that's the, the, the Father, which is the greater, because Jesus said the Father is greater than I am. I don't do what I purpose or I decide. Uh, everything I do, I do because the Father has told me to do it. So you have the, 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 the I am the greater, and you have the I am the lesser, uh, who by his own testimony says my Father is greater, uh, therefore that makes him the lesser. And so those are the two I am's. And, uh, but nevertheless, uh, he is connected to the I am the Father. So he is in the Father's uh, bosom, which it speaks about in John one eighteen, and in the swoo, swoo spelled S-W-O-O. -O. Now, the swoo is different from the sleep. Sleep is different from the swoo. The sleep belongs to the Abraham uh, bosom, and and so we're going to, we're going to interestingly uh, read uh, a couple things here. Uh, people have asked in their questions, you know, what what do people do that are in the regeneration? You, you know, do they just lay there for tens of thousands of years until finally their time comes up and they wake up? So I shared a little bit of this last week, but let me reshare this again and add a little bit more to it. Uh, for instance, uh, I think I read the business of the souls and the sleep of Abraham's bosom, uh, you know, and how that uh, that uh, they are guided, uh, uh, you know, by carrying, uh, you know, by, by the Abraham bosom ministries. They're guided in the carrying of the Abraham bosom ministries. So, number one, uh, while they are in a sleep, uh, they, they they have reflections of dreams and visions and thoughts. Um, while they're in the sleep, uh, number two, uh, they uh, take spiritual, uh, virtual uh, spirit journeys of incarnations in 
uh, in the world uh, as though they were physically existing. Uh, while they're in the sleep, they have awake times for receiving ministry of other saints. Uh, number four, uh, they their their personal ghost uh, uh, has, has sometimes is guided in trips to view the happenings of the worlds. Uh, number five, uh, they have times of conscious awareness for prayers and thoughts and forgiveness and hope and praise of God. Number six, they are involved in the residual meetings with past life or lives of persons aligned or uh, to by relation of genetics or love. And and uh, that uh, is all part of, of six of the things. Here's number seven. They also get involved in this time of the sleep with the merging of consciousness with other souls. Um, and um, uh, they, they are allowed, you know, a limited experience. Uh, so those are, those are very, very neat. And they're about, you know, things that are going on because uh, the sleep is not like death. It's different than death. And, and the mind is active, the spirit is active. And, and then besides that, you know, they're in the Alpha Omega. Time in that realm is like, not like time on the earth that just goes on and on. You know, the, the Alpha and Omega, as I said last week, happen at the same time in that realm. You know, uh, the beginning and the end happen at the same time. So these things all happen in the, in the, in the instantaneous moments in between. Now, as far as the father, uh, 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 father's bosom, uh, in the swoo, uh, these are the, 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 the sons of Enoch, uh, of whom Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. You know, there are two in the field, one was taken, two in the bed, one was taken, the other left. And, and then he also says that then, you know, uh, the angels will be coming in the sky, and and you you know the, we know that they're they're coming in these clouds which which are ziths, and they're coming to 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 take the people to take them away from uh, the destruction and from things that are happening, and and he says as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be, you know again. So as in the days of Noah, you know before the flood, uh, in the days of Noah, because he lived a long time, uh, the, the ziths came and you know. Uh, which were the clouds of heaven, uh, so so to speak, and they took the the sons of Enoch uh, and moved them uh, to another planet, and and uh, so you know that's just all Bible. Now, what do some of the people do that are they've lived their life or they've they're into the swoo, which is similar to the sleep, but it is different. Well, number one, uh, they can uh, establish. Uh, one's faith uh, in the praise of God. Uh, they can also be involved in the swoo of, uh, of being used uh, like that while they are in this swoo, they can have a likeness of themselves that doesn't, it isn't a likeness of themselves as far as the in looks or are, are even in profile, but a likeness of their spirit. Just like Elijah and Elijah were not like each other as far as looks, but the spirit of Elijah came upon Elisha, 
and and, and uh, those things can happen. So there'd be there'd be that kind of a thing that would happen, and and they can be involved in uh, you know a, a journeys in, to which uh, in planting the heavens. Uh, three, um, uh, they they can be involved in uh, in the makings of of creations that way. And there's a long list that could go with that. Uh, they they can work on the perfecting of love. Uh, they can enter into glories and perfect transfigurations. Uh, they can take on actions uh, as virtual dignitaries. Uh, they can continue in discovering God. And number eight, they can be involved, uh, you know, by the Spirit in the war against the locust people, the mantis. So uh, it's not a dead world for these people. It's it's not a dead world at all, and once you begin to even barely understand, it's pretty awesome. Let's make sure you got the the scriptures on these two bosoms, the Father's bosom, uh, Saint John one eighteen, the SWO, S W O O, Abraham's bosom, Luke sixteen, twenty two through twenty three, the sleep, okay. So that is an interesting uh, revelation, and it answers a lot of questions. Now we want to um, uh, get into uh, uh, the thing about the 144,000, because it's just very, very important. Turn with me to Revelations, the book of Revelations 21. Revelations 21. And after this, I want to get into the into the three angelic wars, and I'm just hoping I'm not running out of time. But I can tell you right now, I've got so many questions to get into that um, <clears throat> we're going to need uh, maybe several broadcasts in which we're just answering questions and going into these these uh, explanations uh, because uh, it 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 just takes a lot of time to go through this. Okay, now we're we're going into uh, Revelations. 21, and we're talking about this number, 144,000, and it's a you know extremely interesting number. Um, <clears throat> first off, uh, verse one, chapter 21 of Revelations. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. It's very, very essential that you get into your mind that this New Jerusalem that doesn't belong to the old system of thinking, doesn't belong to the old world system of order, because though that old order has ended. Has ended. The Bible describes in Peter the old world, you know, standing out of the water as the new world is being born. And uh, there is this Jerusalem coming down from God, but it isn't coming from any place else but from out of heaven, from out of space beyond. Uh, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And that could be a whole teaching right there, what all that preparation is, because it definitely has got to do with uh, with um, the marriage supper of the Lamb and all those kind of connections. Uh, 
And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and shall be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, uh, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Now that's a beautiful thing. And there's a certain aspect of that that can be happening in our lives in this day and in this age, in which God just makes all things new in a person. Uh, things that people are so, you know, uh, broken down with, that have to do with, with uh, feelings of defeat, uh, feelings of inferiority, uh, experiences that have just, uh, you know, sort of wiped them out as far as their courage. Um, there is this renewal of the mind and this renewal of the spirit of the mind uh, that can come into a person and can make all things new. It can just erase all of all of those negativities. It can, it can, you know, just uh, uh, eliminate and uh, and eradicate. All these things that uh, have been destructive to a person's peace and to their entering into the rest of God, and and that's what God wants to do for people. And I've, this this recent blog that we have uh, going on about uh, you know there's a place in the world for you is about that kind of an understanding and revelation that God does have have a place for you people each individually. And and uh, as that scripture I read early, that just, you know, immediately uh, John was in the spirit. That can happen to you. Everything can change. A, a, a new world can happen to you. And your body be healed and your mind be relieved. And, and, and just be made a new creature in, in God because that's the way God does things. That's all part of the dispensation of the grace of God. Okay? And uh, he goes on in verse 6 of the 21st chapter of Revelations. And he said unto me, uh, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God. He shall be my son. Uh, but the fearful and the unbelieving and the uh, abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the uh, the uh, sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have a part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is which is the second death. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me and said, Come up hither, I'll show you the bride, the, li the lamb's wife. Uh, you know, it's sad that in that day in which John was receiving this revelation, that uh, people, generally speaking, had never seen the revelation or the, the vision of the, of the Lamb's uh, wife. And I think that, that is still true today. The same veil that was over people in the days of Moses, the Bible says uh, in the writings of Paul, are still over their eyes today. They still do not see through the the, the uh, seeing glass, but darkly. And uh, <clears throat> says, he carried me away, verse 10, in the spirit, 
to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her light was likened to a stone most precious. Once again, we get into this thing of the stones and, and the co-uning, and, and, and we begin to see that there is something very deep, very fruitful, very awesome uh, in, in that whole revelation. Most precious, even, even like a jasper stone clear as crystal. And had a wall. Now this is, this is talking about this great city, Jerusalem, that came down from heaven. And, 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 and um, had 12 gates. At the 12 gates, uh, 12 angels. Names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. And on the east three gates, and the north three gates, and the south three gates, and the west three gates. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and in them the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the walls thereof. And the city lieth four square, and the breadth is as large as the, uh, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man that is of the angel. And the building of the wall, it was of jasper, city was pure gold like into, into glass. The foundation of the wall of the city were, were garnished with all the manner of precious stones. So in this reading, we've discovered there, there are 12 gates, 12 angels, 12 names, 12 pearls, 12 foundation, 12 furlongs, uh, 12 furlongs, uh, 12 apostles, and, and, um, uh, just on and on. There's there's uh, twelve twelve uh, stones. Uh, it's there's there's quite the story here. And then of course you have that magic number, if you want to call it that, the hundred and forty four thousand cubics. We know in the cubic there are the revelations of the regular cubic. Then there's the royal cubic, and then there's divine cubic. So we start getting into divine numbers here as to what the meaning of these things are, and and. Uh, uh, we, 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 if we start to looking at any of these figures that have been given, uh, you know, like for instance, those walls are like 25 stories high, 25 stories high, you know, and, and, uh, the, uh, the city is, you know, like uh, the, the, the width of it, uh, is like 1400 miles. So that's in miles. If it was in kilometers, it's 2,200. Uh, and and when we begin to see that, and how then that the, the breadth is equal to the length, and the length is equal to the breadth, there is a mystery here. There's a mystery about the 144,000. Well, we have to connect this scripture to the book of Revelations, to chapter 7. So if we go backwards to chapter 7, and we get into the seventh uh, chapter of um, <clears throat> the book of Revelations. Uh, we get into some 
very, very interesting teachings. Um, and it says here, um, let's just read it, verse 1. After these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth. And the winds should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, and he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their forehead. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to really understand this scripture. The people that are out there fear-mongering, the people that are out there just just uh, into constant uh, badgering of people and, and telling them, you know, of the horrors that are just about to come upon the earth and so forth. Uh, you need to understand that according to the Bible here, there is a divine protection. Until the people have been sealed in their forehead, there are angels causing these things to be held back. These destructive forces, uh, that doesn't mean there can't be any kind of, of uh, uh, things of nature or uh, things that do have a destructive aspect to them, but, but that general gigantic colossal destruction is being con uh, constrained. And, and it's right here in the Bible. And, and there's been a word of God that's come forth and it, it has spoken and said, hurt not the earth neither the sea nor the trees, uh, tell until we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And, and, uh, and the number of them that are to be sealed are 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. And so then we see that from each tribe, starting in verse 5 here, of the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000, of the tribe of Reuben were sealed 12,000, and so it goes right on down. All 12 tribes are sealed 12,000. And 12 times 12,000 gives us 144,000. And, and, and this represents uh, the number of these tribes that it's speaking of. So now when we go back to Revelations 21, where we were reading earlier, and we find that... Uh, one of the things uh, in that list uh, is which are the, it, it is, there's 12 angels and which are the names of the 12 tribes of the, um, of, the, of the children of Israel. Now, that scripture, that verse connects chapter 7 with chapter 21, showing that there is a connection in these two divine uh, math explanations that the one belongs to the other. So this whole conglomerate that is that is given in chapter 7 of Revelations, in which there are 12 uh, tribes, each uh, having produced uh, 12,000 uh, individuals, uh, and the total of that being that, that divine number of 144,000, now we begin to see in the light of this message that these 12 gates, 12 angels, uh, 12 names, uh, you know, 12 pearls, 12 foundations, 12 furlongs, uh, 12 apostles, 12 stones, that they're all tied into a, to a revelation. 
you know, every, every one of these things can be broken down. You know, for, for instance, uh, if, we, if we took out of there the, the 12 uh, pearls, uh, and, and let's just look at verse 12 here in, in, chapter, 30, uh, in chapter 21. And verse 12, uh, <clears throat> and had a wall great and high, and had 12 gates, and at the 12 ga uh, gates, 12 angels, uh, and their names written on it. So we've got these, these 12 gates, and there's uh, verse 13, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, three gates on, on, on the west. And yet we find, you know, that um, uh, in, in, in verse 21, and the 12 gates were tw 12 pearls. Now, it would seem like that each one of these gates is supposed to individually represent a pearl, okay? But then we see there's something additional. And every several gate was of one pearl. So we have, we have two things, sort of like the scripture I started off reading to you about, you know, the angel wings, and then underneath it were the hands and arms, of course. Uh, there is, there is a, a two-fold revelation here. And we see that uh, there are the individual representations by the pearls, but then there are the situation where one gate, uh, you know, has, uh, 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 you know, uh, let, me, let me just read it is, every several gate was of one pearl. So that, so that there are several gates, uh, but they're just of one pearl. This gets into the revelation of the Ko'unin. So that is all part of, the, of this revelation of, of uh, what this uh, 144,000 is about. It is of a divine number. Uh, and and uh, uh, when it gets into, like, the angels and, and all these various things, it is, and it's, it's actually talking about the, the universes. We know that we're in the eighth universe, and, and before these universes, there used to be what was called, according to the Holy, Holy Manifest, uh, was the Alpha Ages. Now we see that there's going to eventually be 144,000 uh, uh, universes, and, and that out of every universe, there's going to come uh, you know, people that are going to, going to be redeemed. Uh, and and that that are going to be uh, you know they won't all be like us because we're a special case in which we're angels that fell but there will be new creations uh, that will happen and those new creations will yet happen on this earth as we will see when we get into the revelation uh, about the um, the three wars because uh, that that is just an extremely fascinating and, and, and a terrifically interesting uh, teaching and and it's just so important it's it's very important uh, uh, to connect this this holy city Jerusalem which the measurements of that city basically is a hundred and forty four thousand which is then equal to that number that are going to be uh, saved uh, which it gives the, the count of in Revelation 7, which is also 144,000. So we got then the 144,000 uh, universes. Uh, we have in the story of the, of the Holy Manifest, uh, we have in it the, the story of, um, of, of the 144,000 um, angels uh, 
that went with Jesus into creation to spirit the creation. Uh, so there's another 144,000. And we would have to to look at the Bible. And, of course, I, I just don't possibly have time in in these teachings to just on the radio uh, to to do the same thing as it would be done in a book where you could go through in, into a lot of different uh, areas and, you know, you could, you could really get uh, deep in Revelation. Uh, and that, that uh, turns out to, be, you know, become a very beautiful thing. But, but uh, I think that uh, as we begin to see the, the reality of, of uh, these many, many different uh, potentials, uh, it it is just uh, it's just absolutely amazing, because you know the scripture tells us uh, in in the list that it gives, and it, and it, it it gives a list in the um, uh, you know in, in the the twenty first chapter, and it says twelve gates, twelve angels, twelve names, uh, in the breakdown of those in getting into the divine revelation of the number. Uh, you begin to, you know, get into the 12 pearls, both of those that represent individuals and those that represent the Ko'un. Uh, and, and that's where you get into those gates. And those gates, of course, are the, are the, the leadways, the, 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 the way, uh, you know, into everlastingness and, and a, a eternal justification. Uh, and, and so this thing about, uh, uh, you know, about, about the pearls, is ripe with deep, mysterious meaning. And uh, we, we could maybe look at some of these things about uh, the pearl. Uh, you know, they come out of oysters in the sea. And we could compare this sea to, to, the, uh, to the sea of space. Our planet Earth is in the, in, in the sea of space. And so there is, a, you know, a, a representation there. The other thing that, uh, that was said to humankind be fruitful and multiply. Well, the oysters are an incredible representation of that multiplication. A single uh, female oyster can produce in one year 500 million eggs. 500 million eggs in one year. And, and so there, there has to be quite the message. The uh, the mollusk uh, where, where they, uh, the oysters are a part of that family. Uh, <clears throat> when the birth of a of a pearl begins to be gemmed in the body, it's because of a causation. Uh, but many people have considered it really a truly miraculous event. Uh, it 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 produces uh, you know a a jewelry of of of. Uh, of value, the Bible calls the, talks about the pearl of great price. Uh, this is uh, jewelry, and and it has um, an equal value to even uh, you know natural metals, uh, but yet it's totally unlike those natural metals in the way of being formed. So there is, um, uh, you know. A, a special thing that happens in the uh, oyster uh, when either a parasite invades the body or when a particle invades the body and creates an irritant. And when that irritant uh, happens, 
then the body begins to release this nacre that uh, coats the, the speck and it's it has uh, calcium carbonate uh, in it and uh, eventually it begins to form uh, this pearl and so there is there is definitely a deep mystery and revelation uh, in this thing about a pearl and 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 pearls can be very expensive even just a very minor pearl can cost uh, you know if it's well uh, formed can can sell for fifteen thousand dollars and then go quite a bit higher than that when we're talking about a piece of jewelry like a necklace or something so it's it's, it's very very awesome and and uh, very exciting uh you know to have have an understanding uh so so that revelation of the 144,000 I could go on with that for the next several broadcasts uh but that's more along the line for the revelation to be in a book uh which you know we we have that kind of thing available uh to be published here before too long and made so that people have it to read because uh you know it it it's so exciting to see that these things are in the word you don't have to go outside of the word all you have to do is open up the word that's in this bible and understand it by the spirit and then you can have every answer that you need it's in the word it's just a matter of of god uh, you know giving you that that insight so that uh, you can know what all these these things mean and once you begin to see these understandings uh it is the most excited uh, life that a person could ever uh, wish to have so it's it's a beautiful thing okay now <clears throat> let's uh let's go on with some uh uh i guess i had a bunch of other questions here i was going to try to get into but i can hardly uh believe how fast that uh that the time has moved uh we're going to have to just uh a bunch of these set off till next time uh, i really wanted to get into the uh the wars the angel wars i'm, I'm i tried to do that last week but uh, we just didn't have time but um we're not going to be able to finish them by any means uh you know, uh, this time either, because it's just way, 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 way too much. But let me do a little reading here. And this is from some footnotes out of the Peace Manifest Bible. Matthew uh, 14, 16, 21, uh, 16 through 21, and Mark 6, 35 uh, through 43 uh, were just referenced prior to getting into this. And and so those... Uh, uh, chapters and verses belong to the information that was just prior uh, given uh, in in the book, uh, probably in the 11th uh, uh, chapter. But now we're getting into the chapter 12, and we're going to start off reading here. Uh, in the sacred map of the Bible, many a story is revealed. One can therein learn that certain numbers seeming to stand alone stand in a single number that is in fact a proxy number for a plural meaning. Compare numbers 144 and numbers 176 uh, in, the, in the KJV. It is the plan of God for all blessed creation to be fruitful and multiply. Compare Genesis 1, 22, 28. 
The term multiply is often part of a sacred resolution, call, calling those things which are not as though they were. Compare Romans 4.17 and Hebrews 11.13.17-19. So it was, Moses by foresight called the number of Israel to be as the number of the stars of heaven. Compare Deuteronomy 1.10-11. All such statements, such as this, of course, have both, a phys have both physical and spiritual meanings. By the same token, the 144,000 figure was from the multiplication of the 12 tribes, uh, 12,000, um, uh, of the 12 tribes times 12,000. The deep meaning here compasses the mere singular numbers, for on the one hand, the 12 tribes of Israel equaling the 144,000 equaled a prophesied unity to come, and on the other hand, represented the 144,000 measurement of the walls of the city of, of God. Compare Revelations 21, 10 through 17. Yet in a higher and deeper uh, forecast into the future, uh, those walls of God, uh, of the city of God represent walls of, of galaxies and universes, 144,000 strong. So, Many times there is this spiritual duplicity in which there is the a reference that is given that uh, seems to be a story of a single, single uh, descriptive uh, building or composite of things. Uh, and it does have reference to that, that composite. But in addition to that, because it is the Holy Word of God, it has three different levels. Within those three different levels of context, it has you know, uh, other than levels of meaning, the 30-fold, the 60-fold, the 100-fold. And as you begin to get in those other levels of meaning, it's like uh, it's li like uh, uh, the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Let me just digress a moment to go back to that 12 because that is so important uh, to, to know that. If you don't know that, it, you really can't put this thing about Jerusalem together. Uh, it is just uh, almost impossible unless you have the whole understanding of the scripture, uh, you know, to, to, to put this word of God together because uh, it, it's, it, it just uh, is uh, not, be, you're not able to bring it within the measurement and, and the measurement becomes, uh, you know, absolutely exceptional uh, to, to uh, uh, finding the truth. And if you don't have it, you can't really, really find the truth. Now, I've read this several times to you, but it's just so important. Chapter 12, uh, starting with, um, with verse 22. But you are come unto Mount Zion. You are coming to Mount Zion and to, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the innumerable host of angels to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator. And so you see that uh, this whole thing about, you know, the, the city of Jerusalem that's coming down out of heaven that I was reading to you earlier, uh, had a tie-in to, to, uh, to, to, to Mount Zion, 
and also a tie-in to uh, Sinai and, and some of those places uh, which were receiving, uh, you know, where people were receiving these very profound experiences. Uh, but now the scripture is showing another side and it's saying, you know, that physical representation went way deeper than the physical, res you know, representation uh, because, you know, what it's really about is the city of God. And this is the same city of God that, that John was lifted up with the angel and he was able to see it coming down from heaven. Uh, it was a holy Jerusalem, a new Jerusalem. And he said, you know, you're not come to the old system that happened on the mount, uh, you know, in which uh, uh, there was a lot of fear and a lot of mental anguish. Uh, you're not, you're not in that anymore, uh, you know. And that's the verses that just uh, preceded this verse 22. He said, "But you are instead, you are come to Mount Zion, which the Bible says in the Old Testament is Mount Hermon." Now again. We have to look at the physical side and the physical history, and then we have to understand that there we, we move that on up into another insight, uh, into another fold, like the 60-fold or the 100-fold. And as we get to those 1,600 folds, we begin to see that this, this city, which seems to be in a physical wrap uh, on earth, is actually also in a spiritual heavenly wrap as a, as a spiritual Jerusalem, and uh, and it involves an innumerable company of angels. Also involves the general assembly, uh, which are written in heaven. Of course, these these would be, you know, all the twelve tribes. Now, the twelve tribes don't just represent the Jews of Israel; they are far more expanded. Paul gave us the revelation. He said, you know, a person is not just a Jew who happens to be born naturally in his natural sequence a Jew. Uh, the revelation of the Jew goes way beyond that. It it basically is of the nature that the Jews are representing Israel, representing a spiritual Israel, and and a spiritual Jew, and these are people that are going to to you know seek the love of God, and for for God is love. Uh, the Bible says that uh, you know that if you don't seek love, if you don't have love, uh, then then you definitely are not are not part of, uh, of, of God's uh, plan because God is love. And so if you're in his plan, you're going to be involved in this love. And, and so here we have, as I started to say, an example uh, of, of something that represents the physical, but then also represents the spiritual, uh, and, and the spiritual in the sense of a higher uh, uh, positioning and dimension of of another physical order but in a higher spiritual order and that the general assembly of the church of the firstborn which are written in heaven and to god the judge of all and to the spirits of just men made perfect so as we begin to see those kind of things it is utterly super exciting let's go back to reading this i'm running out of time i see but wow i can't believe that i didn't even get into the three wars here uh, <clears throat> so then, um, let's start by the same token, the 144,000, uh, was from the multiplication of the 12 tribes. The deep meaning here compasses the mere, uh, singular numbers 
for on the one hand the 12 tribes of Israel equaling the 144,000 uh, equaled a prophesied unity to come and on the other hand represent the 144,000 measurement of the walls of the city of God uh, Revelations 21 10 through 17 yet in an even deeper forecast uh, into uh, a, a into the future those walls of the city of God represent walls of galaxies and universe, universes, 144,000 uh, strong. And uh, so that one person uh, is, you know, in, in sacred math, one person is equal to a thousand persons, and one day is equal to a thousand years. And adding to the thousand uh, meaning of covenant generations is the meaning of, fa of the family symbolized by an, on, by an ox head, uh, which is in, in uh, a lexicon uh, for that kind of uh, interpretation, uh, means uh, elef. And uh, elef, uh, alaf, and elef are the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and they mean a thousand. So we were going to get into this revelation of what, you know, the thousand years represents. Because you have the three wars. You had the first war, uh, which which started, uh, you know, in heaven, and um, uh, it 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 was uh, you know uh, mentioned in uh, Revelations twelve seventeen, where it says that the dragon was wrought with the woman and went to make war. That was war number one. Then uh, it went from there. I'm just going to just read this little bit, and then I'm going to I'm going to pass because uh, we've run out of time. Then it goes to um, to war uh, two, you know, which is uh, uh, 1217. Uh, war two goes to 1217. Um, so let me just get that real fast for you. I have it handy. I'll just get it out of the Bible here, 1217. And it's very interesting how that the one war moves from one thing to another. But um, 1217 is, and the dragon was wrought with the woman and went to make war. Now there's already been this war in heaven of the angels. Now there's this war that's taking place, you know, with, with, uh, with the offspring. And this is the war, the second war, in which Yaviel gets involved and you have the white horse ministry because it is really a war against powers and principalities. Then after that war, uh, then the final war is, is the war that happens uh, with, with um, when he comes out of this thousand years. And, and the full revelation of what that thousand years represents is remarkable. Then it gets into the final, the final war and, and, and the conclusions that happen, and that's the third war. But, uh, you know, I just don't have time to go into it because I'll be doing a lot of reading. So probably what we will do next time we get together uh, for the question and answer, I will start with these wars, with the three wars, so to be sure to get uh, through them. And I hope to be able to, I'll be doing a lot of reading from the, uh, the new uh, Peace Manifest Book of Revelations. In the meanwhile, we have uh, run out of time and it's been so neat to be with you. I hope that you people uh, on here are participating in uh, the Holy Spot uh, 
revelation that I received for this, um, you know, um, revelation about how important that there is a destiny for you in this world. And that is the current blog that is up right now. And it is no light thing for me to say to you that you should take it very serious and that you should get on that blog. And if you believe in this at any degree whatsoever, all you have to do is get on that blog and say, uh, I'm on, just to know that you want to be included. Because I believe there's going to be some tremendous healings, some tremendous moving of the spirit in people's lives in many different ways. And uh, God is going to reveal to me that moment of the holy spot. So please get into that, and uh, we will uh, be having an incredible meeting. In the meanwhile, let's do a little bit of Gentile right now. Uh, this this is um, <clears throat> for um, the people uh, out there. As last week, I prayed for people in pain. I still have that burden. I still feel the burden of people with pain, all kinds of pain in their bodies, uh, head, arms, shoulders, bones, uh, organs, uh, hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary to the hypothalamus, the thyroid, to the lymphatic gland, to the parasympathetic, the sympathetic neurotransmission system, begin to send messages uh, into the body uh, to relax the body, uh, to heal the body, send messages to the hormone section, uh, to begin to um, uh, deal with all the various parts of the body that are in pain, to relieve the body of that pain, to begin to send a various uh, uh, substance from the hormone releases uh, for the healing of these conditions. Uh, if there's any inhibitors, if there's any blockers, if there's any messages that are different uh, than what has been said here, they are canceled this instance. Hypothalamus, pituitary, pituitary, hypothalamus, thyroid, send messages to the um, to the to the whole system uh, of the neuro uh, distribution of of the brain uh, through all of of the various uh, hemispheres uh, to message the entire building uh, of of this body uh, and to message the the DNA. Begin to send messages into the DNA, hypothalamus, pituitary, pituitary, hypothalamus, the thyroid. Uh, go through uh, the various process of the body and begin to instill and imprint in the DNA uh, a healing message uh, and a message of health for the bodies. If there's any inhibitors or blockers or messages anti to this, they are canceled. May God bless you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he give you peace and joy and comfort. God bless.